Because someday I'm going to put this out as an audio podcast. I don't know if you, you know that, but these... <laughs> in theory, these get released... I'm starting to record the show again, so the show will actually record. Because really, the, the main reason for doing the show is to record the show. Hey, it's uh, me. It's Dan Class. I'm in my garage under the flight path at uh, Los Angeles International Airport. Welcome to the bitterest bell. Take uh, 354 or something like that. I, I have no idea. We just started. I just started the show a couple seconds ago. It wasn't because I'm trying to I'm trying to reduce the amount of time, the lag, right, that it takes between me performing the show and me releasing the show. And so on. there's a monitor to my left, your right. That's supposed to be showing where I'm recording the show. I didn't even want to. I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to talk about the technology of the sh- Who cares? Who cares? If you really care, just write me an email. But I think that would be better than everything just going to crap at the beginning of every show. I think if you just wrote me an email, if you had technical questions, I could answer them via email instead of this constant example after example of how not to produce a streamed video slash audio program. Does that seem, that seems like a rational way to go about, hello, welcome. Welcome to the show. Uh, so these recording, this, this is supposedly the Bitterest Pill podcast, and I've got to tell you something. I'm moments away from uh, trash canning, and you know I didn't want to say trash. The whole streaming thing. What is the benefit for Dan of streaming? It Well, so like right now, Oh, okay. So, like, right now, Todd, Todd Whitehead of, of Alpha Geek Media is actually in the chat room, which is awesome. He's the only one. <laughs> I don't watch anything that's live. Think about how, how little of our programming these days we consume live. The only thing I consume live is that little bit of radio that I consume between the time I start the engine of my car and the time I plug my phone into the Bluetooth system. And I know you don't technically plug your phone into the Bluetooth system. You're either Bluetoothing or you're plugging. I get, I know. My phone loses a lot of power. I always have to plug it in. If either I'm Bluetooth or not Bluetooth, I'm going through the wires, I plug it in. So don't geek out on me just because I said plug it into the Bluetooth. Okay, you, you understand what I mean. Sync with the Bluetooth, is that better? Are we feeling superior to Dan now? Trust me, you could do this. I know you could teach me how. But in, but unless someone's in the chat room, and Todd, I'm so glad that you are slash were there. Um, me putting all this pressure on myself to do this at 11.30 p.m. Excuse me, a.m. every Thursday morning, Pacific time. 2.30 on the East Coast and various other times between the two. And I think we even, I think at one, I'm just going to lie down. Do you mind? Oh, yeah, I guess we should talk about that. I was so funny. I was making a list of things to discuss and I forgot the one that has actually dominated my life this week. Let's turn everything up. Let's begin. Shall we begin? 
Well, let's begin here. So yesterday, and this is why I'm a little down on the streaming thing. Yesterday, already the fan is just going crazy. Okay, yeah, okay, just Dan, focus. Yesterday, I'm just gonna I'm gonna do the whole show with my shut. I don't care anymore. Yesterday, um, we recorded. Now I've been teasing this for a couple of weeks that that I was going to record a pilot for a new podcast series. Right? I, I we talked about that. And I'm just going to tell you who it is and what it, it doesn't really – it's not like – there's not a big drum roll. But basically, um, four-year starting quarterback for the UCLA Bruins, Corey Paz, and I are doing a podcast together. Now, you know me. You know I don't know anything about football. You know that I've I, – I mean I, I honestly cannot tell you when the last time was I watched an entire foot. I don't know. In all seriousness, I don't know that I've ever watched – I got to think about this. Hey, Dan, have you ever watched an entire football game? Maybe not. But I think because of that and because of the fact that Corey lives next door to me, I think that uniquely positions me as the guy to bring you, the American sports-loving public, interviews with Corey Paws for your starting quarterback of the UCLA Bruins. Winner of many awards, trophies, accolades, very successful businessman right now, beautiful family, and Dan Class is a next door neighbor. I know, listen, everybody's got to have a weird, like, kind of downer part of their lives. You see what I'm saying? Starting QB, beautiful wife and child, income through the. And, you know, he does live next door to Dan. You know, you got to humanize him somehow. So, so basically, yesterday, Corey came over, Corey paused. Quarterback, Corey Paws, came to my garage. And we did the first of what I hope will be 10, 15, 20 years of recordings of uh, him trying to explain football to me. <laughs> That's kind of true. So, but here was the great thing about it. Not well, First of all, it's, it's, and, and it's awesome to talk to Corey. Corey's a great guy and hilarious and has done some obviously amazing things. But... um. He's all, he's he's just very funny and we get along very well. But um see, I don't I okay, let's be clear though. I can't watch a football game, but I love hearing football stories. I love hearing stories about anybody you know performing at that level, right? And I love movies. I love sports movies. Sports movies, I just cannot sit down, you know my head, my brain cannot sit down and watch an entire sporting event that I am not in the audience that uh, that is not it's not me, but I could watch. So so as Corey's telling me stories, I can watch the movie of the Corey Paz story. Magnificent disaster, whatever, you, you know, whatever term it is that he's so eloquent, right? But because I don't know anything about it, it it is actually, I think, very useful that he tries to explain to a moron all these uh, wonderful, right, sports stories. So, but but for me, one of the wonderful things was that I came in here and I didn't have to video stream that conversation. He and I could just come in here and put on the headphones and have a conversation like you and I would be having if this was flawless for me and was easy. If I could just come in here and the technology of this whole disaster in here was as easy as Corey sitting down there and we, we talk, right? Then I would be thrilled. 
Also, Corey does a lot of the talking, which makes it very easy for me because I say things like, oh, really? Oh, he was, wait a minute, he was the quarterback of which team? And things like the Lakers. Now that's, oh, wait, basketball. Stuff like that. Like that, that, that's my contribution to the conversation. Ridiculous things like I have to say, this is, I honestly have to say things like, yes, Corey, I've heard of Joe Montana. That is his last name, right? Montana, Montoya, Joe Montoya. Whose last name is Montoya? Tony, Tony Montoya? Am I thinking of a character called Tony Montoya or Tony Monero? Or are those two different characters? Is one a Cuban drug lord, one a disco dancing Brooklynite, and then in one a former quarterback? Joe Montana. No, Joe Montana is an actor who was in a lot of David Mamet. You see, this is how I can't understand sports. Is Which one is the quarterback? Joe Montana? Joe Montana? Joe? Ah, crikey. All right, I got to get I gotta get Corey back in here. Joe Montana. Okay, Joe Montana is a football player. I think, I think that's right. Tony Monero. Okay, we're okay. Yes, Tony Monero was Saturday Night Fever. Tony Mon, Montana. Oh, shit, I lost it. What was the name of Scarface? We, do we need to take a commercial break already and go and talk about Scarface? We're gonna. I gotta hold on. Um, I gotta write a couple notes for me. These, these are the things we're gonna talk about. Um, and then um, copyright. Copy. All right. So it was. So basically. And I don't know. I don't know. Ultimately, how these recordings are going to get released? Because our goal was <laughs> our goal. Here's our goal. Our goal is for, to create for Corey and and myself. Like I said, like this kind of self help, better yourself, rah rah for the team podcast, where basically we pick Corey's mind and and figure out how we can quarter we can starting quarterback our lives. What I think is going to happen is I'm just going to interview Corey. He's going to tell a lot of awesome stories that we're going to want to hear. That that might be what it ends up being. Maybe I'll pretend that we're doing it for the sake of bettering humanity and Q being our careers and success and motivate all that stuff. But the truth is I just want to hear awesome stories from the football, right? Do you understand? I don't – like I didn't hang out with football team in high school, okay? This is my big chance to finally get out of drama club. For once, hang out with the right the the cool guy from the football team, and figure out what all this offside stuff even means. Is that even a thing in football, or is that soccer offsides? One one thousand two, one one thousand three. Hook. We're gonna throw a hook. First down. Hut hut hike. Down. I don't know. I used to I used to play football in the backyard. See that, and that's the amazing thing is we all have been a quarterback for for a summer in our backyard with our friends. Fantasize like here's a guy that's really done all those weird little images that we had in our head as we were throwing Nerf balls around the neighborhood in suburbia. Corey has done that, right? So it'll hopefully so. I think it's going to take maybe ten years. To get all the stories out of him, and, and which is not to say that I have to pry the stories out. You just sit them down and they come out. It's just he, easily a decade worth of stories. I have no fear whatsoever that Corey's going to run out of things to say. So if you're if you're super football fan, it'll be awesome. If you're kind of a football fan, I think it'll be awesome. That's my thing. So 
So one of the reasons I'm recording the show over there to my left is I got into this habit of um, letting the streaming system record the show and then I download it actually from YouTube. I know this is this sounds as stupid as it is. Trust me. It's not a good idea. I'm not suggesting that you do this at all. But what I do is I we do the show. And it gets recorded by YouTube, and then I download the show from YouTube, and I strip out the audio, and that's what I upload theoretically. I haven't done it in a couple weeks. Um, That's what I upload for the podcast, blah, 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 and it works out okay. So last week or the week before, and and I'm going to start to reveal to you why the shows haven't been getting out. And um, if you want to blame it on attention deficit hyperactive disorder... Go for it. But basically, okay, I'm very – I have a lot of things to do and also I'm very easily distracted. And so uh, I wanted to make some new sound beds for the show, right? I play music on the show. I'll play some right now. I play music on the show for you to listen to, right? So here's one. Can you hear that? God, I love – this is my favorite one. I just crashed the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I just Oh my god I wonder if I'm still streaming Is this going to work? I just crashed There we go <laughs> Me starting I should never have started this song Now I'm afraid to turn it off Because I just crashed the recording After the big monologue that I'm making About recording the show Myself I shouldn't have started So, do you hear this? Okay, so I better stop it. I'll tell you why. Where's my cursor? There we go. Using two monitors and only one cursor can get complicated. So so that's what I do. So we, we perform the show. It goes to YouTube. I download the show. I rip out the music. Or, excuse me. I rip out the audio, and I do whatever I do to it to make it into a podcast and the show notes and all that crap, right? And it gets uploaded and it ultimately ends up in theory in your phone or whatever. And so last week... I did the show, and I won't even play for it. But basically, so – oh, back up. So I got it in my head that I needed new music, and that was like one of the things that I made, right? Well, I downloaded this new version of GarageBand. It only cost me $5, but I've been using the same GarageBand for 10 years or something. So I, I downloaded this new GarageBand because I wanted to make some new loops, and I got a bunch – or new beds. I got all these loops from this website that has awesome loops, and I spent some time – that I admittedly could have been putting out the show making beds for the upcoming shows because I can't take the old beds. I need new beds. Like the thing I just played that I'm not going to play again. So so last week I played some of the new songs. And last week during the show, there's even a part where I start a song and I go, oh, I didn't mean to play that song. And it's true. I didn't mean to play that song. It, It wasn't one that I had really finished. It was kind of short. And it's one that I just tentatively called Brooklyn with no bridge, right? I don't even remember why I called it that, but that's the name of it. But it's only a minute and a half, and I so I didn't want to play. But it, but I accidentally, when I hit play, that's what, who cares, right? It doesn't matter. It's royalty-free loops that I got from this website or GarageBand or something. It's It's not a problem. Because a couple of weeks before that, what happened was I played something I thought was royalty-free. And maybe it is royalty-free, but it's not copyright free. Have we talked about this yet? 
So what happens is I put royalty-free but copyrighted material into the song when I went for a freaking pee break, okay? So I go for a pee break. I come out, blah, blah, blah. I upload the show. I monetize the show. It goes through some sort of system, and then I get a letter back saying, this video contains copyrighted material. You, uh, the owner of the copyright, will now monetize this or you must take out the song, whatever, right? So for that one, I just take out the song. It was for a pee break anyway. It doesn't matter. It doesn't take anything away from the content of the show. I just had YouTube pull the song. It's this whole automated thing. I don't think humans are involved in any of this. Well, I think I'm the only human involved in any of this. So last week, the show gets uploaded. And I was experimenting. Uh, sometimes I work on the show late at night when I only really have the mental facility to do certain things. So I I put, uh, and I'm sorry for doing this, but, you know, but I put a little ad at the end of the show. So if somebody was stupid, and maybe at the beginning, but I don't even think so. No, it was during the potty break. There was a potty break or something. That was what? It was another, like, blow your nose break. Not really a potty break. It was like a collect your head break. But during the collect your head break, I put a commercial break. Because I figure, well, if I'm off collecting my head, you might as well watch a commercial. So, YouTube flags the thing, the video, and says your video, again, contains copyrighted material. You must remove this, but until you do, this video of yours is going to have commercials run against it, and the money for those commercials is going to go to the copyright holder of this quote-unquote right copyrighted material. Oh, I think I'm having a heart attack. So... This is not what you want to read first thing in the morning on like a Saturday morning, which is what I did, right? First thing in the morning, Saturday morning, I get up and I'm – okay. But I know for a fact that I didn't use any of the quote-unquote royalty-free songs because I didn't want this to happen. But it's happened and I don't know why. So they have flagged a song from my show that I made out of these loops. So I sit down and I start writing my dispute thing. I'm like, listen, this I just made this song. Literally, I've never heard of this stupid song that your customer claims that I'm ripping off. I've never heard of it. I have never heard it. I don't not I did not put it in my show. So I'm just about to hit send and I realize, well, Dan, just so you know, so there's one informed human involved in this interaction. You should Google and see if you can find the song. So I did. And the song is nothing like my song in any way. Except whoever made that song and I used a, a synth loop in common. And we both used it in what is probably the default key of GarageBand, which I think is like C major. So we both have, granted, this somewhat, this very specific loop that goes through the thing. Everything else about the show, about, about the song, is completely different. But, but the jackass and I have both used the default key and probably the default tempo. So this synth loop does, is the same synth loop. Everything else is different, but it is the same. But what this means is, 
for those of us who make incidental and relatively insignificant music using GarageBand is that we are potentially going to get dinged by YouTube every time we use a loop from GarageBand? Are you kidding me? These jackasses that quote-unquote copyrighted their GarageBand music and then put it through SoundScan or whatever it is do not control the copyright of every song that uses those GarageBand. No, so so what I want to know is, is that real music or is that just fishing music? Is that music specifically created, uploaded to YouTube, and then put through whatever the scanning mechanism is to ding everybody and usurp their monetization of their videos for three days until a dispute can go through? Right? What a great scam because when you upload a video to YouTube, when are more the most people going to watch it? Early on, right? Right after you upload it. But right after you upload it, if it gets dinged for copyright infringement, it isn't taken down. Just the money from the monetization doesn't go to you. It goes to someone else. So this music could just be a fish hook. A musical lure to lure the tracking software to put a hold on your video so any viewer that you get, right, they get paid for. Is that possible? Yeah. Is it likely? Yeah. If people are willing to make, uh, you know, scamware that'll lock up your computer until you send them Bitcoin, why wouldn't you make just a bunch of BS music from GarageBand? Basically, think of some way of like making one song per synth loop, put the synth, you know what I mean? And just keep hauling in other people's dough. Now, I don't have that many viewers. I was just screwing around with the monetization. But what if you had thousands and thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of viewers on your YouTube video, but some jackass from the Ukraine who's screwing around with GarageBand, gets all your YouTube money for the first four days, all of your, right? That's not cool. Not cool. So anyway, so I, but I disputed it. And this is kind of the irritating thing. Again, I think I was the only human involved in any of it because I get a form letter telling me that it's, uh, you know, under investigation or whatever. I submit the claim that it's bullshit, right? And then I get a form letter back saying, oh, yeah, your video's back in your control. Thanks. But while it's not in my control, I can't download my own hour and a half YouTube video. Your system's broken. I know I heard a statistic somewhere. There's something like 400 or 4,000 hours of video is uploaded to YouTube every like hour. Yeah, that's probably right. <laughs> I would imagine that that as many people as possible are uploading to YouTube as much as possible all day long every day. It's kind of sick. So I think we're still recording. I think I'm going to I'm going to check everything. I would take a break to check everything, but I got to tell you something. Last time I played music, oh no, it's okay. I'm I'm still on. We're good. If I stop streaming the show, 
I could still put up YouTube videos, uh, but of much higher quality. Do you understand? If I stopped streaming the show, I would use a better camera. And I would use the audio from the show instead of from the stream. So everything you saw on YouTube would be so much better. Do you, do, do, am, I, am I being persuasive here? Am I looking to you to give me permission to stop me from streaming at you? Yeah, pretty much. So last time I talked to you, I don't, I don't even know what to talk about first. Because it all, you know. Oh. Um, so I have this karate uniform. And again, disclaimer, I'm not good at karate. Okay, just because I study karate does not mean that I think I'm a karate man. And then I think that I'm a badass. So please, if you see me at a convention or Disneyland or something, or I don't know where we're going to be hanging out, we're going to cross paths and you're like, hey, I think that's, do not jump me, please. Do not grab me. You will hurt me. Do not, please just don't hurt me. Just because I said that I take, okay, don't test my karate skills. I'm telling you now, it's not worth it. We'll, you, I'll be injured and you'll go to jail. Just let's not go there. Okay. But it does mean I have a karate uniform, a white karate jacket and white karate pajama pants. And I sweat in them several times a week and they're old and disgusting. And for a couple of weeks now, I've been telling myself that I need to get a new uniform, but I keep putting it off because that's what I do. That's my uh, profession. I am a procrastinator by trade. So what I do to procrastinate is I can't decide between two very insignificant things, but I use that inability to decide to stop myself from deciding. So my old karate uniform is cotton. It's all cotton and it's very wrinkled all the time and, um, and it's old and it's turning brown. Now my son has a much newer uniform and it's cotton polyester, and it always looks nice. So I was thinking of getting one of these whiter, smoother cotton polyester ones. But I got it in my head that I didn't want to mail order it because then it wouldn't fit me. Trust me. As soon as I mail order it, it's not going to fit me. I wanted to go somewhere to get one. Now, my cotton one comes from a company that's just a couple of miles from here called Key International or KI International or something. I don't know. They're right here in Inglewood, right? It just it goes Westchester, East, Inglewood. Boom, there you are. Or I could go to Golden Tiger, which is way on the other side of town. No offense, Golden Tiger, but it's too far. Okay. So I keep putting off, I keep putting off, I keep putting off getting, getting a new uniform. Because part of me thinks I should just wait a year and then when we go to Japan, get one in Japan, because wouldn't that be cooler? I don't know. So a couple of weeks ago, and I think I talked about this on the show, but um, I kept experimenting with these concoctions that were supposed to take sweat stains out of your white shirts. Okay? Non-bleach alternatives. And so basically I was taking my karate uniform, mostly the jacket, and soaking it in white vinegar and then I would make this concoction of baking soda and peroxide, and then I would put salt in that, and then I would rub that into the stains with a toothbrush, and then I would spray that with vinegar, 
and then I would rub it all together and then I would pray and then I would rinse it and then I'd soak it in more. But it it did seem to kind of work in a legitimate way. Partly because, and I think we did talk about this before, but partly those stains are actually not perspiration. They're actually um, some sort of reaction that the ammonia, uh, excuse me, the aluminum in your deodorant has with your sweat and the cotton. So the idea is to use a base or an alkaline or something, something, and to zap that, and that's how theoretically how it works. Well, my so it worked a couple of weeks ago, but then my, my uniform started to get brown again in all these weird areas. So again, I bust out the vinegar and the baking soda and the salt and the tooth, my toothbrush. Because in a couple of weeks, it's going to be karate photo day. Now, I've never participated in a karate photo day. Karate photo day is something they started almost immediately after we stopped going before. Now, I don't know if it's because we left and then finally they're gone. We can take pictures. You know, I don't know what that is about. But I have never participated in Karate Photo Day. But I certainly do not want to have my karate photo taken on Karate Photo Day with my beat up, sweaty ass, right, hole ridden gi. So now I... I really got to clean this gi or I got to get a new gi, but I can't decide if I should get an old cotton gi. What, I, I don't, I can't, I just, this is too much. I can't do it. So instead of deciding whether I want a cotton poly uniform or a cotton uniform and what size I take, because according to the size charts, I should take a size four, even though my uniform is a size five. Concho, the grandmaster, said I should have a size five when he gave it to me, but that was like five, six, seven, eight years ago. Maybe I was taller then because I am shrinking. So I don't know if it should be a four or a five. I don't know if I should just replace my cotton one or get a cotton one. I'm just going to clean my old uniform. So again, with the vinegar and the peroxide, baking soda, salt, the toothbrush, everything. I got it all out. And I'm scrubbing and I'm this thing, I'm thatting, and it, nothing seems to be happening. And there's no definitive way. If you know a definitive way to do this, let me hear. But whenever I look something up, the websites are always like, well, you could do this, you could do that, you could use baking soda. Now, with baking soda, you do this. Well, you could do vinegar, vinegar. And that's why I end up just doing everything that I can find. Now, maybe the problem is that I should just do one. I don't, I don't know. I have trouble with just one. I I want to just throw a bunch of crap at it and see it, that right because if one thing will work, four things should be dynamite, right? Or literally become dynamite and explode in my face. So so it's not working very well. It doesn't seem I, I don't seem to be getting results, impatient results, but result I sh- I'm not getting anything. So. I'm going to do an experiment now where not only do I have all these non-chlorine bleach bleach, uh, things happening, I'm going to throw the big dog in there too. So into my concoction of baking soda and peroxide and vinegar, and don't worry because I didn't kill myself, I pour bleach. Now, 
nothing happened. Nothing crazy happened. I just want to tell you right now, nothing's happened. Nothing, no one died. Nothing's happened. But as I'm telling you this, I do have this vague recollection of like, you shouldn't go around mixing bleach with certain things because it will cause explosions. Now, I think it might be ammonia. Now, I don't have ammonia. I did not use ammonia. I think it might be bleach and ammonia that will kill you or explode or fire or something. I didn't use that. Okay. Whatever I did, it was very uh, non-reactive. Okay. But I was like, F it. I'm going to put bleach in here too. So I put bleach in there too and I stirred around with my toothbrush and I start scrubbing away and scrubbing away and it's not working. And I've got the uniform. You know, it's on my washing machine and it's all laid out. And the washing machine is here and then the dryer's next to it, right? And... I'm scrubbing and I'm scrubbing and, and not, not much seems to be happening. Now, some of the stains are on the front and the back. So I flip the uniform over and I realized that as I've been spraying it with vinegar and peroxide and bleach, it's been lying on the edge of the dryer. And the edge of the dryer, because we use the washer-dryer not only as a washer-dryer, but as a flat surface upon which we just put stuff all the time, a lot of the enamel paint has worn off of that edge of the dryer. And over time, the paint is worn away, and then it's become damp. And the metal has been exposed and then become wet and then dried and wet and dried and wet and dried and turned into rust. Rust that I have moistened, laid my white karate uniform on top of, and then worked the uniform into the rust with bleach, peroxide, and a toothbrush. So now the sweat stains are the least of my worries. The entire back of one of the arms of the uniform is covered in stripes of rust. None of the websites that I have looked at that explain how to get aluminum stains out of your armpits, none of them address grinding rust into a cotton karate uniform. So I decided, okay, yeah, I give up. I give up. I went and got a pair of scissors and I cut the patch, the school patch, off my uniform. And I vowed that I would the next day go buy a new uniform. And then I decided instead of making a decision, I'm just, right, because the goal really is to replace my uniform, my old now ruined uniform I'm going to replace. Therefore, instead of trying to make a decision about something I don't know much about, I'm, I'm just going to replace the uniform. I'm going to go to the exact company where the uniform was purchased before I purchased it from the dojo. I'm going to get the exact style, the exact size. That's what I'm going to do. I don't care. That's what I'm going to do. I don't care. That way, I don't have to think about it. That way, I don't have to decide. That way, my biggest problem is sewing the patch back onto the new uniform. 
So like I said, it's a very short drive. It's only maybe a couple miles from here. I don't know, maybe three miles. KI International, Inglewood, California. If you're a martial artist and you ever come to LA to LAX, baby, tell them Dan sent you. So, so I went over there. Very nice woman helped me out. I'm, you know, hello. I need a lightweight karate uniform. I believe I'm a size five. I'd like the all cotton variety. And she says, oh, okay. So you said all cotton? Yes, all cotton. Karate. The lightweight? Yes, lightweight. The eight, I think it's eight ounce cotton. Yes. And what size are you? How tall are you? She says, not at what size. What t- how tall are you? And I say five. I, you know, listen, I don't know. I think I'm five, seven, maybe five, six and a half. So she looks at the chart and she says, okay, you're probably a size four. Well, size four, maybe size five. And I say, well, my old uniform was a size five, but I'm open to whatever. So she says, okay, I'll bring you a size five. So she brings me a size five. Now, it has been so long since I had my new uniform. I, it like is so white and stiff. It hurts my eyes and my fingertips. It is like so, this beautiful, pristine, folded, it's never going to look, trust me, uniform. So she says, do you want to try it on? And I say, yeah. So I, I put it on. Now, again, I've had mine for five, seven, eight, I don't know, eight years. Now, granted, a lot of that time we weren't using it, right? We were off doing other things. But the age of the garment is that long. And let's say I've trained in it for three years of sweating and washing and drying and sweating and washing and drying, sweating and washing and drying for three years, at least sweating and washing and drying, maybe four years sweating, washing and drying. It was like putting on a cardboard pair of pajamas. So I can't really tell what size it is. I can't tell how it fits me because I I feel like David Byrne and stop making sense. This is not, this is weird. Now, honestly, if I had just gone with the cotton poly, I'm pretty sure it wouldn't have been stiff because it's cotton polyester. You just put that thing on and you go to town. But what I'm doing is buying essentially a canvas bag with sleeves cut into it, right? So she starts saying, oh, no, that looks good. That looks good. That's the right size. And I'm like, I said I was going to replace it. I'm replacing a size five. Therefore, I I guess I should get a size five. I don't know. But I'm so happy to have the new uniform because I'm so self-conscious of the color of my old uniform, especially now that I've seen the new uniform. The old uniform is orange. Not to get too disgusting. Again, I think most of it is aluminum, aluminum for my British friends. Now, the instructions say not to dry it. And so I get it in my head that I shouldn't dry it, but I all day and all night last night, I keep battling with my, it said not to dry it, but I really want to dry it because I think I want to shrink it because I'm shrinking and I think I should shrink my uniform, but it said not to do that. Who am I going to listen to, me or a tag on the inside of my pajamas? 
Well, I listened to a tag on the inside of my pajamas, so I did not dry it. I washed it, and I put it in the... No, I washed it, and then I hung it up. And it was still so stiff, it was ridiculous. And I let it dry overnight until it was dry. And then I put it on, and it fit pretty much. It's still a little big, but still a little stiff. And then I thought to myself, wait a minute, you're replacing your old gi. Well, to replace your karate uniform, you have to dry your karate uniform. Because all you do all day, every day, is complain in your mind in a continuous loop that your wife and daughter keep bringing clothing, well, and your son, clothing into the house that can't go in the dryer. You cannot air dry this karate uniform for the next five years just because of a little tag on the inside. Put it in the dryer, and if you have to spend another 30 bucks in five years to get a new okay, just do it. So I, I rewashed it. And I pulled it out of the washing machine. And before I put it in the dryer, <laughs> I'm so ridiculous, I had to look at the tag just to see if maybe I misread the tag and it said, Dan, go for it. You have my permission to dry the uniform. But it still said, do not tumble dry. And I took that uniform and I put it in the dryer. I put that uniform in the dryer and I put a dryer sheet in there with it. A fabric softening sheet. Because you know what? When I'm getting my ass handed to me in a karate class, I want my uniform to be snuggly Soft. What do you need? I got you. This is the rhythm that we rock to. It's a violent life. You can live to a hundred, you could die tonight. That's why we getting high tonight. Yeah, that's why I let my man drive tonight. Yeah. Now I'm something like a big timer. The boy started from the bottom like Drake. I'm a big climber. Hello, I'm back. All right, that's been the bitterest pill for this week. Uh, May uh, this is recorded on May 12th. Wow, that's loud. I'm sorry. No, we're still not recording. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> All right. 
apparently when I text, apparently when I tested all of this, I really, I didn't change the music or something. Okay, let's, um, let's produce this, let's produce the podcast for a second. Okay, ready? Okay, here we go. All right, that's it for The Bitter's Pill for this week, recorded uh, May 12th, 2016. I don't know when it's going to get out. Actually, still, if I quit now, see, instead of babbling for another half hour, if I leave now, I might actually be able to get the show out that I recorded two weeks ago. I know. I know. It's not. It's. It's. We're getting it together. Um. Um, uh, yeah, well, no, we won't talk about we won't talk about that. Today. Okay, so anyway, so listen, uh, thank you for uh, tuning in. Thank you for uh, downloading. Thank you for doing whatever it is that you do. Uh, let's not do that. There we go. Uh, and of course, a special thanks to everyone who supports the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash Dan Class. Oh, yeah, you know who you are. Uh, supporters like, uh, you know, Justin Long, Harold Goldner, Megan, Jeff Short, Rob Usedon, Dave Jackson of the School of Podcasting, Mike uh, Hamilton, Flores, Tom Carroll, David Chase and Gerard Cortinez, Chris Class, Scott Mercer, Jim Cariotis, and many, many others keep this thing going. Um, now that now that we're in this period of uh, there being so much lag time between when I record the show and get them out, if you are a Patreon patron, um, You'll get an email from me almost as immediately as possible after I record the show, giving you access to the video of the show, the super rough version, the behind the scenes. Oh my God, what was I just doing? The behind the scenes look of uh, at what the the mayhem that is the recording sessions of these shows. <sighs> if I were you, every once in a while I would watch one of these videos because it's kind of ridiculous. Oh. By the hair of my chinny-chin-chin do these things get done. I'll just put it that way. All right, check us out at thebitterspill.com. If you need to subscribe to the show audio-wise, if you want to see uh, any videos that survive the transition to permanency, um, follow me at Twitter at Dan Class, of course, or uh, send me a pill email at pill at danclass.com. All right? Yeah, it's almost 12.30. Let's check. I don't think anybody stopped by the chat room today, right? No, I'm just Todd. Not that you don't count Todd, but I I think you stopped by for technical reasons. I don't know. Anyway, ooh, the song's over. Let's not play the song that... Here, uh, where's... Uh, ooh, here, this is a good song. I like this song. This has some good horn parts. Let's see which one of these gets flagged by YouTube. All right, anyway, listen. So thanks for, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, this is about the part of the show where I click the little thing that shows the Jacket Media logo and the whole thing crashes. So, uh, if it crashes, thank you. If it doesn't crash, thank you. So, thank you. And uh, I'll talk to you next week. All right? All right. Bye-bye. The Bitter's Pill is produced by Jacket Media, makers of fine podcasts since 2004. That's... 